Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. Welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach, and we're glad that you're here. I'll be joined in just a moment by this week's guest, but before that, I want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project. All of our content here at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we rely upon the contributions of our listeners in order to do so. You will never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost money to put a show like this together, so if you find what we're doing here valuable and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going, and it helps us reach other men just like you. God's blessings, fellas. Enjoy the show. All right, gentlemen, you're listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach. I'm the founder and curator of Gird Up. Uh, just me today, not a broadcast. Uh, the homies are all home for Easter. God's blessings on all of your travels. Uh, I had a couple things I want to talk about today, so I decided to throw down a, throw down a quick episode. Um, the, my thoughts on this kind of started <clears throat> the other day. I was talking at WLC. Shout out to the guys that were at that, uh, at that session at Wisconsin Lutheran College out in Wauwatosa. Um, we were talking quite a bit about identity and purpose and things like that, um, and I, I started thinking about, well, first of all, we were going through like uh, what the qualifications for being an overseer, or maybe we'd use, use the word mentor in our, in our modern world, but what overseers in the church should be like, and I'll be honest, it was a little bit convicting, um, started reflecting a little bit on uh, <laughs> my own behavior, um, which I it, it probably should be all the time. I think that when I do, when I read a list like that of all the things that I ought to be, and I think to myself, "Wow, I that I fit that description." Um, I'm probably being less honest with myself than I should be. Um, so maybe it's a good thing that when I read a list like that, I start to feel, <clears throat> excuse me, I start to feel as if I'm not quite cutting it. Um, but anyway, I started thinking about that a little bit and and thinking about. Um, what it is that keeps me from living that lifestyle often. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. The more I started thinking about it, the more convicted I became on something that I've thought about quite a bit in the past, but I think I've lost touch with a little bit now. And and that's what I wanted to share with you. Actually, it brought back to mind something I wrote in a Valentine's Day card a while back uh, to the girl that I was dating at the time. We were in a little bit of a rough patch in a relationship. Obviously, uh, if we're not dating anymore, the relationship didn't end in marriage. So, um, you know, the, the rough patch was definitely a real one. Uh, but I remember at the time thinking, you know what, um, whether or not this works out, I, as I've said on the podcast a hundred times, I want to leave you better than I found you. Um, and as I thought about what that really means to leave somebody better than uh, you found them, I, I reflected on that quite a bit and thought, you know, um, I don't want to be judged on anything other than what I can control. And I don't want to be judged on anything other than my identity as a man after God's heart. 
Um, and my identity obviously is defined by who I am as a man of God. And uh, especially in a situation like that where you're trying to figure out whether or not you're going to continue to date each other, um, I don't want to sacrifice my own integrity. And so this is what I wrote in uh, that card, and, and I thought I would share it with you. Here's what I wrote. Let my behavior every day be evidence of how I love you. Let, my, let me be weighed against the words of Scripture, and where I am found wanting, by God's grace, let me be ready to listen, quick to repentance, and faithful in both resolution and reformation. I thank God for you daily and pray for you often, asking God to give you healing and hope, and that, in knowing the truth, you might be truly free. Sometimes I forget who I really am. Uh, we live in a world that tells me that it is my responsibility. We call this existentialism. If you were one of the guys at that WLC talk, we talked about this a little bit. But this is, this is existentialism is essentially what it comes down to if you're a philosophy guy. The world tells me that it is my responsibility to construct morals, ethics, and meaning for my own life. Um, and that my entire identity and purpose is it's my responsibility to decide who I am and what I am and what I'm about and what's good and what's bad. And that's why you hear people saying things like, it's my truth. Right, live your truth. What they're saying is it's your responsibility to determine your own truth because there is nothing that grounds truth and morality and ethics and or anything like that because they don't believe that there is a God, or at least not a God as we understand him. Obviously, that's not true. <clears throat> I don't define myself. My, my Savior defines myself for me. He determines my value, and he's the one who made the statement of value that does define me. And that's a pretty um, it's a pretty incredible value statement if you think about it. Uh, this is the God, the, God that, the God that determines my value, saw me before time began, before the world was created, and before he separated deep from deep, and he decided that he wanted me. Even though he knew that every ounce of my being would be in total rebellion against him, he created the entire universe so that he might be able to reclaim me as his own. He separated deep from deep so that I might be his own. He made dry land and covered it with plants and animals so that I might be his own. He filled the sea with fish and sent the stars and planets into orbit so that I might be his own. He shaped Adam out of dust and uh, formed Eve from Adam's ribs so that I might be his own. He destroyed the whole world but preserved eight people so that I might be his own. He called and empowered Moses and Abraham and Elijah and all the other people of Israel and Judah. And that entire history of the Old Testament, he did all that. And he preserved them and blessed them so that I might be his own. And then in one of the most shocking and humbling, uh, maybe twists of fate would be the way to say it, uh, one of the most shocking turns in, in all of it, no, not one of the, the single most shocking turn or twist um, in the history of the world, God became a man so that I might be his own. And that man, Jesus, was born of a virgin, fled for his life as a toddler, grew up in poverty, wandered in the wilderness, and lived a home, as a homeless rabbi so that I might be his own. And then he provoked the chief priests and leaders of the people, surrendered himself to arrest, was unfairly tried, beaten, flogged, nearly to death, ridiculed, juxtaposed against a murderer, judged to be more guilty than the murderer, and then sentenced to death, nailed on a cross, and then hung there until he was dead so that I might be his own. And in his last moments, as he's hanging on that cross, before he screams out, to telestai, which means paid in full, that's what we translate as, it is finished, It's the debt is gone. At the top of his lungs, he, scri- he cried that, but before that happened, the father turned his back on his son, his only son, 
who was even of himself, and the Son of God, my Savior, experienced the damnation that I deserve so that I might be his own. The price paid for my life was God himself. The one being who exists outside of time and nature gave himself for me. The one thing of which nothing is greater traded his own existence, his own being, his own life for mine. He did that for me. And he did that, of course, for you too. And that is the God who calls me his own dear child and who owns my life because he literally traded his own life for mine. Because he did that for me, he gets to tell me who and what I am. And what that God does is he calls me to be a man. He calls me to be a man after his own heart the way that David was. That God, that God who traded his own life for mine, he decides how I should behave, what my values and morals should be, and what should be important to me. He's the one that decides all those things and nobody else does, and he makes very clear what he expects. In 1 Timothy, he makes a list of qualifications for overseers in the church. He says they should be above reproach. They should be the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, quarrel, not quarrelsome, I'm sorry, not a lover of money. He should manage his household well. He should be dignified. He should not be double-tongued. He should not be greedy for dishonest gain. It's a long list. <laughs> Honestly, it's not very uh, practical because it's such a long list, and that's why I think in Mark 12 and Matthew 22, Jesus redefines the Ten Commandments as simply love God with your whole heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And you think about the Ten Commandments, it's kind of what you've got, right? The first three commandments are all about loving God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the other seven commandments are all about how do I treat my neighbor? How do I love my neighbor as myself? Uh, you guys all know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, that I have three rules that I live by. And those rules are whatever hurts my brother hurts me, which is basically just that um, love your neighbor as yourself, but kind of turned on its head, so it's flipped over. Whatever hurts my brother hurts me. Leave better than found, so that's good stewardship and a little bit more of the love my neighbor as myself. And if it's illegal or immoral, do it somewhere else. Obviously, illegal is the laws of man and moral is the laws of God. So if there's something going on that is against the laws of man or the laws of God, it's got nothing to do with me and it's not going to happen while I'm around. Uh, and I, I know it sounds a little bit facetious to say, um, <laughs> go do it somewhere else, but I can't control anybody else. What I can control is my own behavior. And so that's the rule, is if it's illegal or immoral, I'm not involved in it. It does not happen here where I am. That might mean that I have to walk away. It might mean that I have to send you away. But I'm not going to do things that are illegal or immoral, not willfully. And so those things don't happen around me. Those are the rules that I live by. And that's how I'm expected to live. That's how I'm called to live by my Heavenly Father, the Heavenly Father who gave himself for me. But I forget that. And I don't live that way all the time the way I want to. And I know you don't either. Like Paul said, the good I want to do, I do not do. The wicked I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. I fully recognize and understand that I absolutely do not live up to the expectations that have been set for me, even that I set for myself. And I definitely don't live up to the expectations that are laid out for me by my Heavenly Father. And frankly, far more often than should be true, I don't live up to the expectations of my position as a leader in the Church of God either. Um, 
So the first thing, I guess, is to make sure that I live up to those standards as they're defined in Scripture. Uh, but when I find myself forgetting that these are, this is the way I'm supposed to live, I find myself slipping off into one of two directions. The first would be letting the world around me dictate my values and behaviors instead of simply living out my calling as a man of God. Um, and along with that, then I often allow the people around me or the world around me to judge me on a standard which isn't God's standard. Um, I've seen so many stinking people with the stupid tattoos that say, only God can judge me. That's a complete misapplication of um, what Scripture says. It's not biblical at all. And most of the time, um, it's people who are making excuses for their bad behavior. They're basically holding up a middle finger to the world and saying, I'm not going to let you tell me what's right and wrong, I'm not gonna, which also isn't the right attitude to have. The appropriate attitude would be, you are welcome to judge me, and you are welcome to hold me up to the standard that is laid out in Scripture. If you choose to judge me on any other standard, it has no merit. I'm not going to listen to you or take it to heart. It means nothing to me. But if you choose to measure me on the standard by which I live my life, which is the laws of God, the law he's laid out in Scripture, what we've just gone through here, that list of behaviors that he's laid out for leaders in the church or those three rules that we live by, if you choose... If you choose to measure me against that standard, you are welcome to do so. And you are welcome to judge me. And I will not always be perfect. You will be able to find ways that I don't live up to that standard. And it is your responsibility as my brother to call me out on that. It is my responsibility as a child of God to take your criticism to heart. Because I know full well that I am not perfect. I know full well that I do not live up to the standard, and I know full well that I need grace and peace and forgiveness. The other way that I often kind of fall off the wagon on this one is to go the other direction. Um, a lot of times I completely fail to live by God's standard and make excuses for myself, and that actually kind of goes with the other one too. Um, we, we, instead of living by the standards that God has laid out in Scripture and saying forget the rest of them, we choose to live by the standards of the world or sometimes even the standards of the church instead of actually living by the standards that God has laid out for me. And there are definitely times where the church, I'm not saying in official doctrine, but in expected behaviors and practices, often lays out a standard which is not the same as the standard that God lays out for me. And that, they're not even always bad. I'm not saying that any standard that isn't explicitly laid out in Scripture is inherently bad. I'm saying... We should be judged on the standard of the law, the law of God that, the, that, that God has laid out for us, and not judged on arbitrary human standards, um, whether those be the standards of uh, existentialism, whether those be the standards laid out by you know, the morality of the world at the moment. We get a lot of that when we start talking about like LGBTQ culture and politics and things like that. Um, we start to get into this weird realm where um, there's people telling us that if you're a Christian, you have to believe this. Uh, if you really love Jesus, then you believe that. Don't let people tell you that. You know what Scripture says. If you don't know what Scripture says, you need to go dive into the Word. You should be spending time in the Word every single day so that you do know what the Scriptures say, so that you do know what the expectations are, so that you do personally know your Heavenly Father so that you do know what expectations are laid out for you, and then you can confidently say, these are not the expectations laid out for me by God. Or, on the flip side, you're right. 
that is an expectation that's laid out for me by God, and I either am or am not meeting that standard. But I will not let myself be judged on a standard other than the standard laid out in the laws of God. Now, also, don't imagine for a second that I'm telling you that you can go tell somebody to screw off because they're not um, explicitly saying these words. <coughs> if you are above reproach, if you are sober-minded and self-controlled, if you're behaving respectably, if you're not a lover of money, if you're a good manager, so on and so forth, if you're meeting the expectations that are laid out, you're going to be a really good employee. And the only time you're not going to be a quote-unquote good employee and meet the standards that are laid out for you at your workplace, if you're doing those things, is when your workplace standard interferes or counter, counteracts the laws of God. And if you have to choose between the laws of God and the laws of your workplace or between the laws of God and the laws of you know, a certain situation or the expectation laid on you with others, you, of course, always choose the laws of God and trust that the Lord will bless you. Right? But you should not also be going out of your way to say, hey, this isn't something that's laid out in Scripture. You do need to respect authority because that's also laid out in Scripture. So don't imagine that I'm telling you you should be rebellious against everybody all the time. What I'm saying is the standard by which you are judged as a man and I am judged as a man is the standard that is laid out for us in Scripture. And there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in our world that we're expected to behave in certain ways and say certain things and act in certain ways that just simply aren't laid out in the word and simply aren't laid before us. You know, I mean, we, we, right now there's a lot of people talking about, you know, emotions and how you cry or don't cry and there's a debate about that. There's a debate about how men should behave in different situations. The reality is, if I live the way that God tells me to live, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So let that be that. Let your actions speak. Let your actions speak loudly. And let people know your Heavenly Father by the way that you behave. I'm not saying you should never open your mouth and talk about Jesus either. I'm saying when people look at you, they should know that you are submitting yourself to a higher authority because they should be able to see your Savior in the way that you behave every day. And that's why I can say something such as, let my behavior every day be evidence of how I love you. Let me be weighed and measured against the words of Scripture and where I am found wanting, as I will inevitably be. By God's grace, let me be ready to listen, quick to repentance, and faithful in both resolution and reformation. So when you do find that I don't meet the standard, let me be quick to listen to you, quick to make things right, and quick to change my behavior so that I am meeting the expectations laid out for me in Scripture. And of course, as I recognize that Jesus' sacrifice wasn't just for me, but for all those around me, everybody that I interact with on a daily basis, should also either explicitly or implicitly, either by my actions or by my words, hopefully by both, they should also get the message that I thank God for each one of you daily. And I pray for you often. And I ask God to give you healing and hope and that in knowing the truth, capital T truth, the one who is truth, and everything he says, you might truly be free. Because there is no freedom unless you know your Savior and you know that you've been freed from the debt that you owe. Each and every one of us is running away from that debt and hoping that we don't die tonight and have to face accountability for that debt that we've accrued. And that's where the peace of salvation comes in. I know that my Savior already paid that debt for me. I don't have to stand before the throne of God guilty because I stand before the throne of God forgiven already. I'm already part of that heavenly kingdom to which he has called me. Because the whole history of the world has been a history of him bringing me back to unity with himself. And that's a wonderful blessing. And that's true freedom. 
I'm going to read it one more time because I like the words so much. Let my behavior every day be evidence of how I love you. Let me be weighed against the words of Scripture and where I am found wanting by God's grace. Let me be ready to listen, quick to repentance, and faithful in both resolution and reformation. I thank God for you daily and pray for you often, asking God to give you healing and hope and that, and knowing the truth, you might be truly free. Thank you to my brothers who consistently call me back to the truth, speak the truth to me even when I don't want to hear it, and uh, especially when I don't want to hear it, but they also do it when I do want to hear it. Thank you to the men that make me a better man every day, and I pray that someday my heart might really look like this, um, that in reality and in truth, I might be able to walk the way I hope to walk and want to walk in a way that's worthy of the uh, work to which I've been called. God's blessings to you all, gentlemen. I love you. Have a great Easter weekend. Go be the man God created you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.